sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. I've said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say uh, to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I'm leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in, my, in, in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have, I have overcome the world. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for the way that you work in our lives. Thank you so much for Jesus preparing his people and also preparing us. God, helping us to understand that there's going to be challenges and trials, but, but Father, you are so faithful. And I pray that today as we begin the new year in, 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 uh, in John, that, that our hearts continue to be moved and inspired and we grow in our faith and our belief that you ultimately are in control. And I pray, Father, that today uh, our hearts are moved. Uh, God, whether we've been here for, for decades or we're brand new for the first time, I pray, God, that your word touches each heart today. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of us eagerly embrace change? Change, you like to change? There's a, the Nick the, the family doesn't mind change. Everybody else not, doesn't want change. We, we, don't, we don't even like changes to our morning routine. I think most of us are kind of like this, this text here uh, about, about whenever we see change. That's, we need coffee. We need a beginning. Whenever I get up, in the morning, that's the first thing I do is make coffee, and uh, and and I don't want to have any deep conversations. I'm I can't be held responsible for anything that happens for the first 30 minutes that I'm awake. Uh, no, that's not true, of course. But but we don't like change. We have a routine, and then when that routine is broken, what happens? Things don't go well. Uh, we don't like to be to 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 change. Uh, we we like to settle in to a way of doing things. Uh, the way that we set our things out uh, whenever you sit at the table and you have your quiet time or, or whatever it might be for you, uh, you don't like change and, and most people don't like change. There's major, Jesus dealt with transitions throughout all of his, of his ministry. The disciples, those following Jesus, weren't any different than you and I. They didn't like change either. And the biggest change of their lives after their commitment to following Jesus 
That was the biggest change. But now Jesus is going away, and they don't like it. They're not happy. They're confused and, and anxious and, and asking questions. You know, the whole idea, where is he going? And, and, and he's, they're, they're just, the questions don't make sense. He's, just talk, he's been talking all along about his death, about how he's going to die and, and, and all of that. Shouldn't they be comforting Jesus? Shouldn't they, they be the ones saying, oh, Jesus, let us, I, I don't know how it's going to happen, but, but we're here for you, Jesus. No, they didn't, they didn't do that. And, uh, and, and, and they seem to be content with the confusion going on in their own hearts. Jesus himself is just hours away from his arrest and eventual death. And, and Jesus has gone through many transitions in his ministry. He went from a public ministry early in, the chapter, in, in Mark chapter 1. Uh, it describes how in verse 45, Jesus could no longer openly enter a town, but was out in desolate places. And people were coming to him from every quarter. Uh, it, it was because they were, they were, he was telling people whenever he did something significant, he'd say, don't go tell anybody, because he wanted to be able to continue, and he knew what would happen if, if he stayed out in public. So he actually began, began his, his ministry was more private than public in that sense. Uh, he went from having many followers. In, in John chapter 6, uh, hundreds of people are probably following him at this point. And he makes this declaration that, 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 that I am the bread of life, that, that if you want to come to me, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. And what happens in, in John chapter 6? Most of the disciples leave him, except for the apostles. And, and so he goes from many to few followers. And, and this final transition here is right before his death. He has many, many, uh, 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 many with him. He's, he's, he's with others. He's with his disciples. But when he goes to the cross, he's all alone because everybody will betray him, which we'll be talking about over the next month or two. You know, in this in this text, Jesus continues to attempt to put their minds at ease with the change that's about to take place. Three particular ideas, three particular points of, of, of change that he talks about. The first is grief to joy. More than once, Jesus described their grief at this point. He's about to go away. In verse 6, he mentions that he's going away, and, and he, he mentions it several times in his ministry. Uh, he mentions, uh, whenever, whenever he tells it to Peter, uh, Peter, of course, says no, and he rebukes Peter. He calls Peter Satan because he doesn't like to hear what Jesus is saying. They're unsure about what's about to happen. They had relied on Jesus for these three years. He had provided for them in just about every way. They shared his, the, the food, the money that was collected for all of them. They shared collectively. He had given them everything. Continued to give more as he provided the Holy Spirit to them uh, or would provide the Holy Spirit to them. The question they asked was about the here and now. What about here and now? Where is he going here and now? They were not concerned about the future. And Jesus tries to get them to look beyond that, that day and tells them, about how things are going to shift. Right now there's grief, but the grief is going to end. The world will celebrate Jesus' death. There, there's going to be a time of grief for the whole world and the end time for those who are not saved. The tables are going to be turned though. Go back into our, go look at Luke chapter 6. Jesus actually talks about this in Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 and verse 20. This is, this is Jesus, a prelude to what he's, what he's telling them is going to happen. 
he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil. On account of the Son of Man, rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men, all people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. Jesus is warning them. He's helping them to see that there, things are going to happen. It's not going to be that great all the time. And, he, and, and, and here is where that shift takes place. And all of this because Jesus is going away. His death, His burial, and His resurrection. And instead of his death, Jesus talks about life. And he uses, this, he, he uses this portrayal of a new baby being born. If you're a parent, you understand this idea. Women understand it much more than men do. Uh, women understand the pain much more than men do. Uh, I, I've had, I, I, I'd like to, to, men, you can't relate. You, we just can't relate. Um, you, I, I had a, a gallbladder uh, issue many, many years, 22 years ago. I had to, and, and somebody told me at one point that gallbladder pain is, can, is equivalent to childbirth. So I'd like to think that I can relate, but I can't relate. I won't even begin to think that I relate to the pain of childbirth. And it doesn't, I don't understand the whole concept after giving birth to a child that a woman would say, okay, yes, let's have another. I don't, I don't get it. I'm glad. I'm grateful for my children, but I don't, I don't get it. Um, but, but what happens is it's not that God, you know, this whole idea of, of the pain and the, and, 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 the, and the anguish that comes from childbirth, it's not that the pain goes away when the child arrives. It's that the, the joy of the child outweighs the pain. The pain's still there, but the joy, the celebration, the excitement of that child Jesus is trying to help them understand that, G, that, that, that He, and, and, and through the power of God, that, that their grief be transformed into joy, which is exactly what we see through the end. Once He's resurrected and they realize who it is, there's a, there's a shout and celebration and all of that. And, 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 and then we get to share in that now. Because, because life without Christ is full of pain, is full of anguish. But in Christ, we get to enjoy, have joy that only can be explained by God. In Jesus, we, you know, they, they would grieve His loss, but, but the day would come when he, their lives would be transformed after He rose and they see Him again. You know, it happened just like that. And we see later in John and throughout the book of Acts, they don't seem sad when they're preaching and being imprisoned. In Acts chapter 6, uh, they're, they're praising God and preaching the Word. And, and all throughout the book of Acts, they're beaten. And what do they do? They go and they continue to preach. Uh, they're, they're driven out and they go back as Paul is. And it, it, just time and time again. Why? Because there's so much joy in their lives. Their hearts are so filled with joy. We are so often like Jesus' disciples here in John 16. 
Not, not, I, don't, I don't think it's often enough that we, that we allow ourselves to really be like the disciples in the book of Acts because we can be so short-sighted. We can think about here and now and we forget about the future. We forget about what, what does God have planned for us? How does God want to change us? How does God want to move us? What does God want to do in our lives, on our campuses, at our jobs? What is God doing? But we're, we're, we're so distracted by, by what's going on right now. How do you react when you're opposed? Or when things don't quite go your way? Have you become a spiritual spoiled brat? That, that you come and do everything, but man, when things don't go your way, you just throw a fit. And it's just not, you're not happy. Or do you keep your head and have the faith that says, I'm going to be joyful even through the opposition? We lack joy when we don't think about the future. You know, the, the, uh, uh, the, the passage that, that talks about where Jesus, you know, the joy set before him scorned the shame of the cross. He, he, he understood that the joy was going to be heaven. And our call is to keep our eyes on heaven, not worry about everything else going on right here and right now. You, it, it's impossible to, 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 to really continue to go in the direction God calls you to go when you're looking at your feet. It doesn't work. Jesus' death would be a time of grief. And they would have a hard time seeing past his leaving. He tries to get them to shift their thinking, to look beyond the here and now. Jesus changed their grief to joy, and he wants to do the same thing for you and I. That's not all he does, though. He tells us that we have, I'm sorry, here it is. We have direct access to the Father. Back in our text in John 16, in verse 23, in that day you will ask nothing, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be complete. Have you ever been to a concert? How would you feel if somebody walked up in a concert and handed you one of these? The, the all-access pass. We went to a concert at the, at the Virginia Beach Pavilion a few months back, and, and uh, there were people up around the stage. And I was wondering, how they get that? And I saw where, you know, I, we, were walk, we walked to the side. You get something to drink, come back. And, and they're, they're walking to the area, and they have to wave their little pass, and they get to the front of the stage. I'm like, well, where do I get that pass? I didn't. We, there's something to an all-access. I have a little bit of envy in my heart whenever I see somebody with the all-access pass and they, they just wave their little pass and they get through and it's the area that I don't, you don't get to. Uh, do you understand that spiritually speaking, because of Jesus, we have this? We have an all-access pass to the Father. And we, we, we though, we live, we, we live like we're putting the back row in the nosebleeds and that we're, we're relegated to that part. Not that there's anything wrong with the being in the nosebleeds for a good concert, that's okay, but 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 that's how but but we think we, we behave spiritually like that's our access to God. 
And because we sin and we, we mess up and we, we do things and we begin to think that no, God is, God, God won't give, surely He won't give us access because I messed up yesterday or I messed up this morning or I got into that fight on the, in the car on the way here. No, nobody told me anything about you and your fight on the way here today. You know who you, know who you are though. The, but, but, but the disciples at this point, they have no interest in accessing God. They're not asking Jesus. They're not even saying, Jesus, let's pray. Hey, let's remember how you taught us to pray. I remember that. Let me go back and recall that. Actually, you don't see much of the, the disciples praying. In, in fact, the opposite is the case. Whenever they go to the garden, what Jesus says, come and pray with me. They go to sleep. You know, they're, they're in Mark chapter 9, they're trying to drive out demons uh the demon in, in a little boy and 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 Jesus tells them that that they can only be some some can only be driven out by prayer which meant what they hadn't been praying they just thought they could do it but they weren't turning to and relying on God and 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 prior to this they would ask Jesus the questions and Jesus would give them the answers and now Jesus is saying no wait the wall is torn down you you have access to the Father. You ask, for the, you ask the Father in my name, and it will be given to you. It'll be done. If you had, it, it, what, do you, what is it going to take for you to understand that you have access to the Father? You have access to the Creator of the universe because of your faith in God. You have, you have access like no other, better than any concert you could ever get into. Better than me meeting Garth Brooks. It would be even better than that. And Jesus repeats this idea in John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14, in verse 26 of that same chapter. Here in this three, two different times, He reiterates it over and over again. Ask in My name, it will be given to you. Ask in My name, it will be given to you. It, it, there's this idea that Jesus is saying, I am sponsoring you before the Father. We together will approach the Father. In, in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 4, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 22, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened up for us through the curtain that is His body. We need to not be afraid to approach God with confidence because He wants to answer your prayers. He wants to hear you call on Him. That doesn't mean go and ask Him for all the stuff you want. Uh, Jesus is not Santa Claus. Uh, God does, that's already, Christmas has passed. Uh, whether you got what you wanted or not, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But if you're, if, you, if you're calling on Jesus, if you're calling on God in Jesus' name, make sure that you're, do, you're call, asking Him for things that, that, that bring glory to Him. Not just give you what you want. It doesn't work that way. It's difficult when you're several steps away from the decision maker, isn't it? Have you ever called a call center? You had a question, you had a problem with your cell phone bill? Anybody ever have a problem with their cell phone bill? Like every month. 
Every, and I'm, I'm so grateful for chat because I can, you know, you, you don't get in trouble when you just chat. Um, and, 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 but, but you get on the call with somebody and then the person on the call, they can't answer your question. And, and you say, well, can I speak to your supervisor? And they can't answer your question. And then can I speak to the manager? And they are usually not available. And you feel like throwing the phone against the wall and because you just you know that somebody should have an answer, but you don't. You don't have to do that with God. I am not an intermediary between you and God. Nobody is. You get access to the Father on your own with confidence if you are following Him. It's because of your faith that you're given that access. Back in our text, in verse, uh, it, whatever you ask of the Father, He will give it to you. Until now, you've asked nothing. Asking you will receive that your joy may be complete. Verse 26. Uh, For the Father Himself loves you because you have loved Me and have believed that I came from God. How is it all possible? Well, of course, first and foremost, because of the love of God. But secondly, you've responded to that love in faith if you're following Jesus today. If you're not following Jesus, you have this... This is being made available to you as well, but you need to follow Jesus in faith. And you need to ask someone what that means. How do you get that? So many of us here have had prayers answered. And I know we have. And some, some of our prayers haven't been answered. I understand that. Uh, I, uh, plenty sometimes the, the answer is no. And, and sometimes that's a blessing. Sometimes we can get an attitude. Don't do that. Don't do that. But, but, but prayer after prayer, and I want to thank you if you've been praying for my sister, uh, my sister who has, who has cancer. Uh, she's in treatments now and is doing great. Uh, I, I, I asked my mother about it re- just, a couple, just yesterday just to see how she was, and it, she can live on these treatments for the rest of her life and live a normal life, which praise God for that. Uh, that's incredible. Another sister this, this week, New Year's Day, ended up in the hospital, had to have surgery on Friday. Some of you knew about that. Uh, they, 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 they believe that they got everything and that there's no reason to believe that, there's, that it's cancerous at all. It was just one, something else. And, and uh, praise God, please continue to pray for her. Her name is Shelly. But man, what, what an incredible thing that we can approach God and He answers. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes we just need to pray, God, help me to be humble to whatever your will is. But don't not bring it to the Father. That's one of my two goals this year is to have a deeper prayer life than I've ever had as a Christian. To, 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 to be more committed to prayer, to bring you before God, to bring me before God, to bring all of us before God because God has the answers and we don't have all the answers. What Do you remember your prayer? Maybe, maybe a good thing to do for you to do is to go and see the prayers God has answered. I keep a prayer list on my phone in my notes on my phone and I've figured out how to be able to tick them off. So when God answers one, I tick them off. By the end of the year, there was a good number of prayers that had been answered. Some of the answers were no, but many people became Christians. That was great, yes. And and, and many other things that God did say yes to. Maybe something for you to do is to go home this week and write down how God has answered your prayer. Maybe it was just one or two or three. Maybe it was 10 or 15. If you don't have a prayer list, get one because it'll help you stay focused. I know it helps me to stay focused because my mind can wander. But we're talking about the creator 
of the universe, that you have VIP all access to God. Are you taking advantage of that? We're only five days into the new year. Maybe you've already dropped the ball on your New Year's goal. My goal was to walk every day for 30 minutes. I haven't done that. I did it once. I did it on New Year's Day. I'm behind. So I have to go walk for two hours today to make up for the 30 minutes that I missed. No, I'm not doing that either. But I'll, I'll just start later today. But it's amazing when you go and look at the answered prayers in the Bible. In 2 Kings 20, God reversed the direction of the sun. Reversed the rotation of the earth at the request of Hezekiah. Who ended up being an evil king at the end of his life. But he had a faithful spell. And God moved the How's your faith? Is your faith directed to God? We need to pray prayers that move mountains. Pray prayers that change your life. Because you're praying to the Creator of the universe. You can pray things that you've never prayed before. Be careful. Be careful what you ask for. I am careful what I ask for. There are certain things I do not pray for. I do not pray to be humbled. I, do, I pray to respond in humility, but not to be humbled. Do you understand the difference? There's a difference. I, I, there's, I, I've, been, I, I've, learned, I've learned my lesson over the years. And, uh, but God knows where my, what, what the prayers of my heart need to be. But we do need to pray for God to use us. I think if you're a follower of Jesus today, your goal this year is to help someone become a Christian. And I want to help you to achieve that goal. How's it going to happen? Your faith. That's how it's going to happen. Apply your faith to achieving the goal. Bring it before God. Because guess who wants you to be fruitful? God wants you to be fruitful. God wants to, to give you the fruit you desire. For His glory, not your own. Don't get that mixed up. But we need to pray for God to expose our sin. For God to expose our hearts. For, our, for, for, for change, that area of your life you just can't seem to change. To go wherever God calls you to go so that you have greater faith. To make a difference in the world. Maybe it's to go on the planting to Lynchburg. We're planting a church in Lynchburg this summer. Uh, we're we're going to have Cody and Brittany here in March. They're going to come and preach. Uh, he's going to come and preach and they're going to talk to us about Lynchburg. Uh, maybe God's put it on your heart to go on that church planting. I don't know if that's true or not, but, but if God's put it on your heart, go for it. Get a job out there. If you're an empty nester and you can afford to take lesser of a job and you have some retirement income and you can go out and go on that planting, go. I'm not trying to keep anybody from going and doing something credible for God. Where is God calling you? Maybe... He's just calling you to do what you need to do here so that if you do get called to go somewhere else, you're effective and productive and helpful. We need radical prayers. We need to approach God full of faith that He's provided us all access. The way has been paved. And access is sure it is for real. And ultimately it's because Jesus 
paid the ultimate price. And thirdly, the change in peace in the midst of trials. In verse 33, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus is ours, if not less, away from being captured. And he knew it was going to happen, and he told them that they're going to be opposed and that there's going to be challenges. But the promise is that God will give you peace. What's the caveat of that? We'll go back to it. In me, you may have peace. If you're lacking peace right now, maybe it's because you're not living your life in Him. You're living your life in you. If you're lacking peace, ask yourself, who am I living for? How am I living? Their response is that they now believed. Their belief was another change that took place. And before this, uh, they believed, but, but it's not like what they needed. And the light bulb came on. They finally got it. Now, their belief would be tested, and sadly, they would fail and, 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 and actually just leave Jesus on his own. But Jesus reassures them that in him there is peace. And he tells them to take heart. I have overcome the world. And he makes this statement as if it's already happened. He has overcome the world. The battle, the war has already been won. If you follow Jesus today, do you understand that? And do you live like that? Do you live filled with peace, filled with joy, filled with an understanding that God is already, has already won? That you don't have to go through all of the things that Jesus went through because Jesus went through them. And by your faith, you've, been, you've received the righteousness of Jesus in your life, in your own heart. Do you believe that? Are you at peace in your life today? If you're not following Jesus today, then you have no peace. You maybe you're trying to fill your life with all the wrong things. And you're, maybe you're living a life full of grief and challenges. And it needs to be lived in Christ. We want to help you. Ask the person that brought you today to sit down and study the Bible with you so that you can gain the peace that can only come from having a relationship with God. We live in a hard world that's full of challenges. We, you need Jesus. You need to have the all-access pass that He promises. You need to have the joy that can only come from Him. If you're following Jesus today, and maybe you've fallen off, and things aren't quite what they need to be, God wants to give you that peace once again. God wants to, to, to provide you the peace that transcends understanding. It doesn't make any sense except in Christ. You know somebody around you that has that peace. I encourage you to go and talk to them. And ask them, how do, you do, how do you get that peace? I know it's crazy that's going on in your life, and yet you're at peace. How do you do it? If you're struggling in your faith today, go and get some help. Ask someone. In the midst of the most challenging transition, 
Jesus was about to undergo, he kept the disciples focused on the future, on what was most important. That we needed to quit looking at the here and now. And we need to quit looking at the here and now and look into the future, look at where we are headed. Keep heaven in mind. Because anything less doesn't matter that much. Heaven is what matters. Look to the future. Maybe you're going through grief right now. Don't worry. Joy is coming. And it comes through Christ. We're supposed to be living in that time of joy, being joyful always, as Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica. Be joyful always. Rejoice in the Lord always. If that's not how you could be described, then get some help. Get someone in your life that'll help that'll help you stop living in the past, stop living in the even in the present, and begin to live for the future. Live for what God will do and how God will save you and how He will change you. Not only full of joy, but full of peace, knowing that you have access to the Creator. Let's live that way on the Amen. Let's all stand and sing.